Join us as we explore timeless wisdom from around the world, seeking truths that resonate most for each individual. Welcome to Peace on Your Journey podcast. I'm John Lawyer, a former soldier turned spiritual traveler. At Kishar, we celebrate the journey of discovery together, delving into various religious, spiritual, and philosophical traditions. For a deeper dive into spirituality, join our vibrant online community at kishar.org. If you'd like to experience this production with dynamic art and video content, check out our YouTube channel at Peace on Your Journey. The first book in our series is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Here on the cover, it says Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. Reading that before I started the book, I really couldn't comprehend how profound that would prove to be. And I got to say, buy this book, you will definitely won't be disappointed. It really changed my life. It changed how I look at myself and the world around me. It's that we simply can't look at things as if we are in nature. The point is that we are nature. And I thought about how books find us is a story in itself. I was in the process of figuring out where to start my dive into books on spirituality, religion, philosophy, and self-help. I hadn't planned on reading this. Or I hadn't even heard of it. Uh, my mother-in-law had just moved from Pennsylvania to a tiny home here on our property in Texas. And I was over at her place. I saw this sitting on her table and she suggested that I read it. I flipped it over to read about it and saw that the author was a member of Citizen Potawatomi Nation. And this made me smile because I'm originally from Oklahoma and my mother has lived for years in Pottawatomie County there. And so what a small world with this seemingly random chance this book comes with my mother-in-law halfway across the country, me seeing it and having this connection back to my childhood in Oklahoma. And so this book found me and I'm really better for it. And I think this is what being open to the universe is all about. Robin Wall Kimmerer is a Native American scientist, writer, and poet. Really, she's a wonderful storyteller and just a warm person that comes through the pages. Braiding Sweetgrass speaks to our connection with nature and Mother Earth. It's filled with compelling stories about plants and trees and how we're connected with them in ways that we would never imagine. It's about animals and how we serve one another in amazingly complex and also simple ways. It wouldn't be fair to discuss this book without getting into the darkness described and lived by the author and her people. She speaks soulfully of the horrors of manifest destiny and how we committed atrocities against these indigenous people. And we did it in the name of God. This must speak to how lost we can be as a people and civilization. And so please reflect on that, but try and take something from it and turn it into a positive. Find the beautiful message offered by Kimmer and hold on to that because it really is a treasure. The one thing that stood out to me the most in this book is the concept of reciprocity. If there's just one takeaway from this work, it'd be how we must learn to love Mother Earth again. We have to love her because she loves us. The plants and the animals love us, and so we should love them back. So this just isn't about the survival for us as a species, but the survival for our soul. It is never too late for redemption. It's one of the most powerful themes in all of humanity. In the book, she writes, redemption lives in knowing that you might also hear our hymns of joy when we too marry ourselves to the earth. And so it's a commitment. She also said, I can take the buried stone from my heart and plant it here, restoring land, restoring culture, restoring myself. 
In the early part of this book, she relates stories of Native American traditions and origins. These are stories that are so beautiful they may feel familiar even if you have never heard them. And I think we should reflect on why they may feel familiar to us. It speaks to something deep inside us, and it may also parallel other origin stories from across the planet. And so we see these divergent cultures tied to one another through these common threads. I would like to relay this story of Skywoman as told by Kimmerer. In this origin story, Skywoman occupied the realm of the Skyworld, but she fell through a hole that dropped her into the dark world below. Right as she fell, she grabbed a bundle from the nearby tree of life in Skyworld, and she fell for a long time. As she fell, many eyes were gazing up from the darkness below at the sudden shaft of light. And so geese flew up and warmly embraced her and softly carried her to the water below. And there was only water. These geese could not hold her, and so all the animals called a council to decide what to do. A great turtle came to Skywoman, and so she stayed afloat on his back. They all knew she needed land. There was a legend amongst the diver creatures of mud deep under the water, but none had ever seen or touched it. And so the strongest divers searched, but returned empty-handed. And the brave muskrat, who was the weakest diver of them all, then volunteered to search for this mud. He was gone for a very long time, and he just made it back to the surface, but he had perished. But then all the creatures noticed Muskrat had returned with mud in his paw. And so the weakest among them had found the way to save Skywoman. And this mud was smeared on the turtle supporting her. Skywoman was so moved by the extraordinary gifts from these animals, and she sang in Thanksgiving and danced. And as her feet caressed this new earth below her, it expanded to become the ground we all live on today. But this wasn't just from the joy of Skywoman. It was from the energy of all the animals together, along with her gratitude, that created our world. But Skywoman had not come here empty-handed. In the bundle she had taken on the way down, there were fruits and seeds of all kinds of plants. The brown earth became green and vibrant. Sweetgrass was the first to grow. Sunlight streamed through the hole she had fallen through. And so this is the story of how we came to live on Turtle Island. I contrast the warm and joyous story of Skywoman to that of Eve, who was cast out. Whereas nature had generously embraced Skywoman, I think we should compare that to the exile of Eve. And Muskrat, who was the weakest, was brave and gave his life for humankind. And the gratitude of Skywoman spurred the creation of the earth below her. We should all be more brave like Muskrat and grateful like Skywoman. Kimura teaches as a scientist and professor in the State University of New York, or SUNY system. She offers her thoughts on the pessimism of university students who look at nature with this sense of impending doom and negativity. On this, she says, I was stunned. How is it possible that in 20 years of their education, these students cannot think of any beneficial relationship between people and the environment? Perhaps the negative example they see every day, brown fields, factory farms, suburban sprawl, truncated their ability to see some good between humans and the earth. As the land becomes impoverished, so does the scope of their vision. And so for me, this speaks deeply how we see things. Our, our own perspective changes, and then so does how we actually see the world around us. Where's our vision? Kimmer goes on to say, I realize my students can't even imagine what beneficial relations between their species and others might look like. How can we begin to move toward ecological and cultural sustainability if we cannot even imagine what the path feels like. 
We can't imagine the generosity of the geese. The students were not raised on the story of Skywoman. And so let's think about what she's saying there for a minute. Imagining what can be, or maybe, is necessary to making it so. If we can't or don't see it, then it won't ever be our reality. Native Americans received these original instructions on how to coexist with Mother Earth, and now they've been cast aside. And on that, she writes, Despite our fears of falling, the gifts of the world stand by to catch us. And so reading that, I personally would say there is always help. Nature can save you because you are nature. The Western world puts humans at the top of most pyramids, while indigenous peoples often put humans as the young beings in the grand scheme with the least experience and the most to learn. Look at this as a form of animism where nature has so much to teach us and then we can look at the shamans to translate this for us. Plants know how to make medicine from light and water, and then they give it away freely. Is there not great wisdom here? I must once again interject, Native Americans have become so broken as we literally and quite deliberately destroyed their memories, spirit, and culture. We killed a living thing that was this whole beautiful thing. Manifest Destiny's implications run much deeper than we see or want to acknowledge. That destruction touches our own non-indigenous lives in a deep and meaningful way. The least that we can do is go back to nature and have a relationship. Kimmerer was conducting ecological research in the Andes Mountains in South America. One of her favorite things was to visit the local village market. There she observed the indigenous people at the market selling their food and their wares and she had a dream. Her dream was the vendors wouldn't take her money. And she would look around at her familiar market and see everything had changed. It wasn't just for her. No shopper was paying. And she floated through the market with a sense of euphoria. Gratitude was the only currency accepted here. It was all a gift. She looked at her basket and it was half empty, but it felt full. She had everything that she needed. She glanced over at another item thinking to, to get some. But she knew that it would be given, not sold. And so she decided she could do without. She reflects that had all the things in the market really been at a low price, she probably would have scooped up as much as possible. But when everything became a gift, she felt restraint. She didn't want to take too much. And she began to think of what small present she might bring to the vendors tomorrow. And so reading this dream of hers, I thought this beautifully encapsulates selflessness and giving. It's the community, the tribe. We're all tribal, even if we don't know it. This speaks to what is actually enough. Where's that line between need and want? It's about this common wealth and an excellent representation of reciprocity, which is, again, the core of this wonderful book. What we give and what we receive and how it all balances out. Within this work, we see the beauty of learning science and art and how that combines with the energy of the planet. This isn't STEM and all technical, but this whole entire system. Kimmerer speaks to the blindness of science, to the very language and actions of the nature being researched. She had this theory about the health of sweetgrass and the symbiotic relationship it has with humans. She put forth this theory that human interaction with sweetgrass was beneficial to both plant and human. Her supervisors on the faculty at SUNY essentially dismissed this idea outright without much thought. But she persisted and was finally given the approval to conduct a study on her theory. 
And so she and her students set out over the course of many months to observe how sweetgrass was impacted or not impacted by human interaction. They went out into these rural areas to observe several control groups of sweetgrass left untouched by human hands. Then they also interacted with multiple groups of sweetgrass where they would pull the grass in the manner of indigenous people. And what they found after months of careful research and observation is the groups that had interaction with humans were in much better shape than those left completely untouched. This personifies the symbiotic nature of our turtle island. We need a positive relationship with Mother Nature. The positive do this instead of the negative don't do that. By this, I mean instead of just polluting less or anything like that, we can actually go out and see the plants and the trees and the animals and live with them actually be alive with it all. Mother Earth loves you, and we have to accept and return that love. I can never do this book the justice it deserves simply by telling you about it. So again, please do get a copy. Hearing all this, what are your takeaways? Is there anything that spoke to you about these stories? If so, please hit me up in the comments below. And if you enjoyed this video, please like and subscribe for more content just like this. And before we close out, I want to loop back to Mother Earth. It causes me to reflect on the name of our spiritual community as Kishar, which is derived from the Sumerian goddess representing Mother Earth. Kishar also represents the line on the horizon, which to me speaks to that path that we're all walking. And so I wish you peace on your journey.